Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. Thursday, February 25th. John Aravosis here with Cliff Schechter. And Cliff, we are here today with... We are. I was going to call you Mick Joan. <laughs> it was Joan McCarter, <laughs> who's, uh, everybody you should know, a senior political writer at Daily Coast, has been there for 17 years, I just discovered. But that kind of makes sense because... We all go back to the early 2000s with our blogging, Joan. You know, it's freaky. We do. And yeah. if you want to call me McJoan, you can call me McJoan. Because that's, right. well, that's your your tagline What's or whatever tag? yeah. at Daily Coast. It used right? to be. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. For, oh, are you not now? Just so, use, wait. Go ahead, sir. No, we're, we're almost all using our, our whole real names because, Ooh. you know, that's the thing that supposedly we had to do to be taken seriously. So I, I remember that at one point, I think I was John A. And then I finally was like, oh, great. We've got to put our full names. But I always like X. That was always a good one. Well, see, but the, I always like the, the, yeah, the, the pseudonyms or whatever you guys had were always fun. Like Lisa, like Cagro. We even still call him Cagro, which is funny. Um, oh, I know, always or, call him Cagro. Or yeah. the guys in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um you know all it's it's i even that like i'm like the guys in maine i don't even know people's names i just know their monikers but uh very funny any case but um thanks for coming on i i've uh well i'll tell people we've got a couple topics in specific we're going to hit on we've got joan for about a half hour and anything else that comes up because we do get into tangents but we were going to start talking about the the covid bill meaning the stimulus bill i assume is what we're we mean by that yeah. um and the gop being evil um i'm actually <laughs> well that's uh, every com- conversation top, yeah clearly um topic dear to my heart because i was getting pissed off about this again this week still the postal service and all the problems there um and a, a topic that cliff has brought up before that we're going to need to explain to people judges and blue slips in the senate which we'll need to explain right. what that even is. Well, just is. that is part of the broader whole of how we have played by rules the other side doesn't even pretend to respect. Yes. And we let them gum up the Senate where we where we go, oh, please, master, don't hurt me, you know. Pretty um, much. And now a word from our sponsors. Make home your favorite new restaurant this winter with Omaha Steaks delivered straight to your door. Have you ever wondered what makes Omaha Steaks so good? It's the aging process. See, Cliff has. Omaha Steaks are aged at least 21 days. That's where the magic happens. Try these mouth-watering steaks in the Butcher's Best Sellers Package. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the promo code VOICES into the search bar at the top of the page to save over 50% and secure exclusive pricing. Included in the Butcher's Best Sellers Package are four iconic fork tender butcher's cut filet mignons four ultra juicy burgers four savory pork chops four kielbasa sausages four rich and decadent caramel apple tartlets and so much more in addition to getting more than 50 percent off you also get four more chicken breasts and four more of those delicious burgers for free and all you have to do is visit omahasteaks.com and type voices in the search bar to order the butcher's best sellers package today save over 50 percent plus get four free chicken breasts and four burgers all from the company that's been bringing people together for over 100 years that's omahasteaks.com type voices in the search bar over 100 years i didn't know they were around that long oh, no. yeah. interesting and now back to our show so, Joan, let's start with the COVID bill. Tell people, uh, no, again, I shouldn't just call it the COVID bill. I guess it's the stimulus, economic response, COVID, everything bill. Where where does that stand and what basically is it? Because I know there's so many portions to it that we've been talking about. Maybe give people an overview. 
I've, I'll do my best. It is a huge bill. It's $1.9 trillion. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to go through the whole bill. <laughs> but I mean, generally speaking, <laughs> and, tell people what it you is. You know, there there's some things in it that are just tremendous. Um, a lot of focus has been on the $1,400 single time direct payments to people. Yep. Yep. Which, you know, a lot of us say that should be $2,000, it should be every month, but that ship unfortunately has kind of sailed. It should have been those things starting back last April, yeah. $2,000 a month to everybody, but we messed that up, so that's not a thing that's going to happen. This $1,400 to people making up to $75,000 annually if they're single or 150000 if they are married. Right. Um, Can I ask you? And, just, and importantly, where, also for yeah. children, children in dependence right. and adult dependence. Right. Where does so that stand right now? That. Where does that right now that stand? stands fine? It looks like that's the thing that's going to make it through. Oh, um, Joe Manchin cool. sort of bitched about it for a while, but <laughs> remember they were they stopped. wanted to get it down to fifty thousand a year as the cutoff and. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It, it is already means tested, which is annoying. It shouldn't be. Um, Explain we that. Just, it just put the money out there and let everybody have it. Right now, it starts tapering off for individuals between yeah. $75,000 and making $100,000 by the time they reach $100,000. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Is it? It was it's 50 gone. to 75 it phased out. It was 75 to 100 it phases out. It's 75 to 100. Oh, okay. Now, why, devil's advocate, why do you think that's bad? Some people would say, you're filthy rich at 100000 why should I give you money? <laughs> because that depends on where you live. Thank you. I always say that. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. $100,000 in Boise, San Francisco is great. Like... 100000 in San Francisco or New York. Yeah. You're, D- you're not on easy street. Well, and, and can I throw in, by the way, because some people would still be living that's... on the street. Right. Well, well, but but no, but some people because I got into fights with people years ago on this online, and they were like, "I told Cliff the other day about this. I live in New York City, and I only make a thousand a month, and I'm in a group home, and I live fine." And I'm like, "Oh, do you have student loans? No. Do you, do you? What's your mortgage? I don't have a mortgage. Oh, so do you have a family? And if you, you do, have a family, like right? What, what's your kids? You? What do you, you have your health insurance? Yeah. Well, oh, health insurance was another one. He goes, "My health insurance is really cheap." I'm like, "Are you fifty? Because <laughs> guess what? It goes up. So all of a sudden, people think, people think, you know, well, frankly, they say, well, poor people get by on less. Poor people do, and they it sucks what they get by on, but also they tend not to have mortgages because they're poor and they could never get a house. Like it's a it it feeds on itself, really. Um, but once you start making the American dream, your bills go up. Anyway, yeah. well, it also doesn't mean they want to get by on less. Some, you get by on what you have yeah. to get by on. Yeah. But it doesn't mean like that's good and you're excited about, I can only have two meals a day. That actually sucks. And we should try to not right. have I that. have to make choices between do I feed my kids or do I buy this prescription? Right. right. Do right. I, you know, <laughs> walk to work? Yeah. It, it's the, the choices are, are very difficult. So, but can I ask you, the, why is, do you think it shouldn't cut off at all then? Why not cut it off at 250,000 or something? If, if you're that concerned about people getting any kind of money, come back and take it back from them in taxes. I, I agree with you on that. You put the like money that. out there. Yeah. It's easier for the IRS for one thing, just to say, cut the checks for everybody rather right. than having to do all of these calculations just spend the money. 
it will be spent in the economy. It will help things out and caught back if you have to at the other end, right. at the other side of this. Right. I've actually, can I tell you one of the things that I always thought was, if this is what you're saying, is that just get the money out right now. And frankly, it's more fair. Don't base it on my income last year, or my income two years ago. It should be based on my income right now. Am I in trouble right. or not? And guess how you know that? When I file my taxes in a year, you will know if I was in trouble right now. And if I wasn't, I pay the money back. If you I was, back, I get right. to keep it. Right? Exactly. And and it yeah. would also make this part of it easier. If you lost a lot of income in 2020 during the pandemic, which a lot of people did, you have to file your taxes now early in order to get the full amount back, that $1,400 back. Tell people why. Right. Otherwise, they're looking at your 2019 income and basing how much you can receive based on that outdated. So, yep. Which is another problem. You know, the IRS is <laughs> going to be overwhelmed with returns coming in. They've got to figure out how to send these checks. But if you want to get the full $1,400 you deserve, if you lost income in 2020, you have to file now. Yeah. And that yeah. word has to get out. Yep. There's, I just there's read just, that the There's other day. a lot of word yeah. that has to so, get out right now when it comes to taxes and stimulus, including the fact that, and this is one a lot of people mm. don't know of, you mm. have to pay taxes on unemployment insurance. This yes. is something that Congress needs to fix that they haven't. Something it's, that is not kind of in crazy. the stimulus bill that should be is forgiving people's taxes on That's ridiculous. I mean, the whole point about unemployment insurance yeah. is that you're not making money. Yeah. Is, um, there right. a, is there a, a, a theoretical framework for why they tax unemployment insurance? It just always seems crazy to me. I don't know. There must the theoretical be. framework Somebody is, is this. this. Nobody on unemployment insurance is donating money to their campaigns. That's the theoretical. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, because, because get this, the PPP, right, the Paycheck Protection Program, that money is not taxable. And frankly, that's great. I mean, they're helping businesses. So in other words, if you get 50000 it's actually like you got 65000 or whatever your taxes are, right? Because it's not taxable. But but it's really unfair because if you get money via PPP, it's not taxed. But then if you get money via unemployment checks, it is taxed. So it just depends which way you're getting compensated right now. That's just, it's not even fair. It's not at all fair. Well, it doesn't make any economic sense either. I mean, it's stupid. Because no. no. unemployment isn't, is usually never enough anyway. Right. The whole point I'm of unemployment gonna, yeah. is that you're going to spend it and put it back in the economy because you need to, yeah. to buy basics, right? And, yeah. and right. it's just dumb. Um, hey, Joan, let me ask you, I want to ask you this. So if we're talking about whether it's going to be your you know, 2019, 2020 taxes or whatever, I mean, when is our expectation or do we have one of this bill being passed so that, you know, like when do people need to get their taxes in by, right? They need to get their taxes in right away because the oh. House is planning on passing it this week, oh. tomorrow or Saturday. Right. Um, if Marjorie Taylor Greene keeps on forcing stupid votes in the House, then it, it could be Saturday or Sunday or maybe even Monday. Hmm. In case you haven't been watching, the QAnon lady in the House keeps shutting it down, hmm. forcing them to vote to adjourn because she doesn't want to pass the Equality Act. So oh, that, that's a sideline. When she's not putting up stupid signs on her wall or searching yes. for her next tantric victim. Which, by the way, so folks know it's an LGBT rights bill, basically. Yes. So and the Senate? Goodness knows, we can't have those among Republicans. So anyway, yeah. 
House hopes to pass it this week. The okay. Senate will take it up next week. They have a hard deadline of passing it of March 14th and really okay. before March 14th, because that's when the Republicans in the Senate, when they controlled it, insisted on ending the boost to unemployment benefits and okay. the extension of emergency unemployment benefits right. when they passed quickly, their bill back in December. How quickly can it pass? I, again, I'm thinking of all of us doing our taxes. That's I know we're going to do it right away, ask. but could right. they pass this thing next week? Or will it still take longer They've than They've got to pass it next week so that, again, the IRS and all of the states that have their unemployment systems that are oh. creaky and old and confused um, have time to adjust to make oh. sure that they can keep getting the checks out. Okay, see, when you said there's a March cutoff, 14th. When you said there's a cutoff of March 14th, I thought you meant the bill has to be passed by then. In, in principle, we need to pass it, the week before. So that it really needs to there. be passed before so that oh. states know this is happening so that they don't have a gap in sending out people's unemployment benefits. All right. Well, folks, we're all doing our taxes this weekend, unless you're very well off. <laughs> um, yeah, or unless you somehow had a better year this last year than yeah. you had the year before. No, right. very good. Because, no. boy, that yeah. sure happened for a lot of people, huh? I'm not saying it well, did. It did, Just... actually. For the, for the super, super rich, that did happen. They had a great 2020. Right. Um, right. They always do. Oh, 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 oh. Um, is there more in the COVID bill you want to talk about, or should we? There's move over more in the COVID bill. There's yeah. some stuff right now. We're all sitting and waiting anxiously for the Senate parliamentarian to tell us whether she thinks a minimum wage increase to fifteen dollars an hour can be included in the bill. And also, right. there might be problems. This is brand new with one of the best things that the bill does which is take the child tax credit that people can get at the end of the year and pay it out directly in cash payments every month. And it increases the amount people can claim for a tax credit for their children. Just a phenomenally good policy. How is that different from what they do now? As it, as it works now, you get that money back in your taxes or you, you, if you overpay, you get it back in refund Right. Or you count it against your taxes. So you're not really getting that as cash money. It's figured into your taxes and you may get it at the end of the year. Right. Hey, I, I need to ask a question because I've never I haven't understood this. I obviously would love the minimum wage to be included in this and yeah. would love the minimum wage to go way up. Um, but what I don't get is if my understanding of reconciliation is correct really just dealing theoretically at least with budgetary issues of the government, you know, government spending, government taxes, with the minimum wage being something that affects businesses, private sector, how is it mm-hmm. that they could even get that into reconciliation? Well, it also figures in taxes. If you're making $15 an hour, you're making more, you're paying more in taxes. So there's revenue right there. That's the argument over it. Okay, I was just wondering what it was. It's, it's one of them. Um, and and then there's the part where what the what the Senate parliamentarian says is not necessarily how it has to be. Right. And this is this is going to be the challenge for Senate Democrats. Importantly, now the question is whether the parliamentarian is going to think of the child tax credit payments as something that can fit in under budget reconciliation. That's a really important, critical piece that Senate Democrats have to fight for. And by that, they can decide to overrule 
the parliamentarian and say, yeah, right. we think this needs to be in the bill, so we're keeping it. Right. That is subject to a vote, but to get it out of the bill takes 60 votes. So you have to That's have true. a majority to uphold the ruling of the parliamentarian and just a simple majority to overrule it. Right. Does that make sense? So you said simple majority to overrule the parliamentarian, but you need yeah. 60 to overrule. Yeah, it, it's basically, it would be a simple majority, and you would count Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris rather, vice president, um, as the 51st vote, to right. say oh, the right. parliamentarian's wrong, wrong right. this is staying right. in the right. bill. Right. To uphold right. the parliamentarian. And then they would need 60. Taking it out days. requires 60. Yeah. For once, a 60 like vote for once, for us. I was right. going to say, for once, it's yeah. to benefit us. We do. But we do yeah. not believe, I'm assuming, that Manchin and Cinema would overrule the parliamentarian, would they? Probably not. <laughs> That's my guess. So there's our problem. So this is <laughs> yeah. why we want the parliament. On, on, on minimum wage, they should. I mean. <laughs> no, I agree with you. But, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Arizona voted to raise the minimum wage. People like a higher minimum wage in Arizona. I don't know what Cinema is on with this. But anyway. Well, so that's that's sort of where we're at. Um, okay. We've got Republicans just deciding on mass for I don't know what reason that that they're whipping against it. They're going to vote unanimously against the whole package. And when it's polling as high as eighty three percent supporting, yeah, you know, Morning right. Consult had a poll out yesterday. Seventy-six percent of the public says yes. Every part of this is good, and we have to have it. Right. When when do you get seventy-six percent majority polling on anything political? And now a word from our sponsors. If something's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, folks, consider our sponsor, BetterHelp. That's help H E L P. BetterHelp seeks to provide professional help with ease. It's not a crisis line. It's a professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. Start communicating in under 48 hours, connecting in a safe, private, online environment. Send a message to your counselor and receive a timely response. Schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever works for you. Anything you share is confidential. If you want to try a new therapist, it's simple and free to switch. BetterHelp says they are more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is also available. Start living a happier life today. You'll get 10% off your first monthly visit to uh, yeah, to our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Go to betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal, folks, and receive 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. And now back to our show. Very, but very remember, But remember the portions of Obamacare, the separate breakouts, were polling at around 70% when we passed Obamacare, yep. and the Republicans did a fabulous job demonizing it. And it took, what, 10 years or maybe eight years, excuse me, for it to turn around for the public to find as you know, hey, John. As we've you know. discussed it, that's because we didn't counter message. And, Correct. We and stuck. Obama himself, <laughs> it was the biggest mistake of his administration, yeah. was yeah, not right. standing up yeah. and, and selling it by its most popular yeah. parts and letting them demonize and it. So I don't think Biden will make that mistake. He won't make that mistake. And there's another big difference here. Most of the benefits in Obamacare didn't kick in immediately. True. It True. took three and four years for most of the really good stuff. 
right. to happen for people. Right. And it wasn't tangible things like getting a check in the mail with Joe Biden's signature on it. Oh, that's true. Okay. True. No. <laughs> so, no, 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 you're right. The quicker you can get people the benefits and the better they are. Right. You know, but that's people get exactly. their $1,600 and they go, this is real. Yeah. Right. And they, they get their COVID shot. Yeah. And everybody yeah. gets their COVID shots and their kids can go back to school. I mean, we're, yeah. we're looking at six, eight, maybe 10 months in which everything good is going to happen and we have normal life again, hopefully. And Republicans are. They'd like to be on the wrong side of that. Yeah. In some ways it's beneficial that if they're, if they're going to be this stupid, because in the end it's much harder to message it if some of them went along with it. But if they want to be imbeciles and create this picture of like every single one of them voting against it and we're willing to message properly, which is to be aggressive as hell, go after them, point out all the positives, point out that they voted against it in very specific terms of, you know, this many jobs are created here in your state. Guess who voted against that? You know, this many mm-hmm. people got, got vaccines who wouldn't have. Guess who voted against that? Like As long as we're willing to do that. We can make them pay. Joan, is there a, a unified GOP message as to their why they're opposed? Is it a um, oh budget deficit or another thing I've heard? Although some uh, who is it, Larry Summers or somebody said this concerns that so much money being spent could increase inflation. Like, is there a are, are they have they unified around why? I know it's bullshit, but I mean, as far as what their PR argument is, they're making against this. Near it's all near fault. It's all near fault. Yeah. Mostly it's blue state bailout. I mean, they oh don't my God. really have, yeah. They're still yeah. doing that? They're still doing that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes, God forbid federal legislation actually helped blue states in addition to red states. We don't want to do that. And what's really interesting is that Biden's done a good job of reaching out to Republican mayors and Republican governors who tend to be saying, um, yeah, no, this is not a blue state bailout. Uh, my my city is bleeding. I don't have any revenue. I need this money. Right. Yeah, there's a great piece in the New York Times at some point where like it was like the mayor of Fresno, mayor. I'm trying to remember who else, like all all these folks from red cities or states. And yeah, they were all just, they were all coming out in favor. The mayor of Miami. I mean, that that can only be, and that's where I think Democrats should be grabbing this and saying again and again and again, this is bipartisan. The only people that don't support this who are Republican are are a bunch of elites sitting in Washington, D.C. in the the House and the Senate. Regular Republicans in polls at 60% support it. Republican mayors and governors support it. It's just these guys, and they don't represent all Republicans. There's unity. There's right. lots of unity. There's 76% of the population saying, yeah, we've got to have this. Hmm. That's pretty unified. So, And and f- to his credit, Biden's been pretty good on that one, on the unity stuff hmm. and dismissing Republicans. Um, where we have a bit of a problem is on things like, is he really going to say you have to fight for the minimum wage? We'll see. So, um, yeah, hopefully by by March seventh i mean it would really be nice to give the states a full week to try to make sure that they can get the unemployment benefits sent out anything else on this or should we do a quick take on the postal service let's do a quick take on the postal service because this part is just so fun it's just so so screwed up i still have packages that are taking weeks to get to me right now I, I just read a story in, in um, Chicago. This <laughs> was just insane. People have not gotten mail 
any mail at all for as long as a month, six weeks. No mail. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. So yesterday, Louis DeJoy, the postmaster general who looks like he's an extra for any of Martin Scorsese's mob films. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, when you Pretty hear him talk, is just, is just wild. Yeah. Um, he, he just, he came up to, to the Congress, to the House Oversight Committee and did his bully routine. At one point he told Jim Cooper that he's going to be in this job for a long time. So get used to me. What was really oh, fun about he that, said that. He actually said that. <laughs> He actually said that. Get used to me. Yeah. yeah. But now they're putting in this new board of governors, right? Well, Biden's- yeah. Within an hour of his saying that, the White House comes out with, oh, yeah, we're going to fill the, the board of governors. And, right. yeah, we see a serious problem with the post office that we're going to well, fix. I was just going to say, you and I believe, I'd looked into this before, I believe it has to be for cause. Having said that, literally running the Postal Service into the ground on purpose to throw yeah. an election that's, yeah. that could be there's a whole lot of crime involved in there's 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 God. definitely cause and if he wants to take it to court well my goodness yeah <laughs> bring it to court i mean we had a federal judge stop him from right. doing all of the things he wanted to do to destroy the postal service a federal judge stepped in and said no you can't do that before an election jesus i think i think that gives plenty of cause for him to go do we know though? I mean, is the is the reason the mail going so slow? Well, it's what we heard before, right? They got rid of a bunch of sorting machines. They also uh, stopped letting people work overtime, I believe. And now, as a result of everything getting gummed up, they're focusing on packages rather than letters. Is that right? More or less where we are, or what's the? That's more or less it. There's also they've been hit with coronavirus pretty hard too. So oh. there's been a lot of staffing problems because well, of that's COVID. True. Right. Right. But, you know, a huge part of it, one of the things that he was doing, and I'm not sure whether he's doing this now, um, the judge stopped him from doing it, but he might have started up again, um, not letting trucks go out late so that mail could actually be loaded on them. So he would send trucks out from distribution centers completely empty just to say that they were leaving on time. Yep. Shit with a schmuck. So, you know, a lot of stuff like this, he's the plan he wants to put in place now, and hopefully we can stop him from doing this, would end first or end one and two day mail period for first class. So uh, a letter, a paycheck, a bill payment would not get one or two day service, even if you put a first class stamp on it. Right. It would be in the two to three day mail. He wants to stop using air transport and go solely to truck transport, hmm. which, by the way, he still has a financial interest. In I was going to say, so companies that does truck transport for go. the Postal Service. Yeah, right. he still has a financial interest yeah. in that. Yeah. Which yeah. is another good cause for firing him. Yeah. I think what they should do is they should fire him, but send it to him in the mail. So he doesn't get it. <laughs> no, Cliff, at the very <laughs> least, start sending out of his office and be like, oh, you didn't get the message? You didn't get the letter? Sorry. Start sending his paycheck through the mail. That too. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And, I, and by the way, all of his family's medications as well. Yeah. Let's I just, just okay, you know, but turnabout is fair play. Like, you know what? I don't know. Yeah. And the other thing he wants to do besides slowing it all down is make it cost more. He wants another big postal rate hike. 
So you pay a lot more for a lot less yeah. and to get them more slowly. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of reasons why this is horrible because we have so many people in this country, veterans who get their prescriptions by mail, lots of people who get their prescriptions by mail, lots of elderly rural people who have bad broadband who have to have the mail and have to have it work efficiently and have to get it on time. It's it's just, this is absolutely ridiculous. And how any Republican who, you know, represents a, a rural state like mine, like Idaho, could not be raising absolute hell about this. I don't understand. But I don't understand Republicans anymore. So No, I yeah. know. It's, it's that it's the, the toughest part of all this is that they realize that they can do whatever they want to their constituents and then just say, but I also hate blacks, gays, Jews, and women, and they'll right. still get the vote. And so... Here they are literally just screwing you if you're in a rural area or you're a veteran or, you know, so you're elderly and you get your prescriptions because a lot of, you know, prescription drug companies, they have these little deals with, you know, with pharmacies. So they may require uh, X pharmacy to send it to you through the mail or that you or you get charged more. I know because I have a few prescriptions and I have to pay more if I don't get them through the mail. And I mean. So they're doing all this stuff and disproportionately hurting their own people, but their own people don't seem to care. It's it's insane. Our, I will ask you this, though. Are Democrats messaging well on this? Cliff, let's face it. I haven't heard Jack about the Postal Service until I noticed a package I'm expecting hasn't arrived for weeks. And I said, oh, my God, it's still going on. The craziness from Christmas. You don't hear Democrats. Yeah, they had a hearing. No, excuse me. I don't mean to be negative on Democrats, but that's classic Democrats. We had a hearing. Yeah. You yeah. need to talk about the damn issue every freaking day. It is a talking point that you slide in about how we do COVID, the economy, the po- even the postal service, these people yeah. destroyed. It's your, it, ooh. We did a good job, I thought, during the election. <laughs> I thought we messaged it very well because we did talk about how it was hurting the elderly, yes. hurting veterans and key groups that they needed to win. But I do think at least I haven't worked on any issues around this or whatever. So this is just me as a news consumer. I haven't seen much at all since the election. ended, And we'll get blamed for it because people aren't hearing about it. So as soon as they figure out the postal service is still screwed up, they're going to go, well, it just happened under Biden. Well, this is a thing, though, that can be fixed because these are Senate confirmed positions on the board of governors. So that will come back once COVID is done. That will come back up as an issue as these nominees go to, to the Senate. So right. it, 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 there's room for okay. them to be able to message on it. All right. Which they I'll hopefully will. You. Yeah. No, 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 I, it's just, <laughs> it's all on you, Joan. Good luck. No, but it's, a, it's, just a, it's just an ongoing <laughs> concern we have. Messaging, we just, you know, we feel like Republicans very often, not always, but very often message better than we do. We did good in 2018 on, uh, on Obamacare and all of that. That was great. Pre-existing conditions. Yeah. You know, we won the election. So what the hell? Obviously, yeah. didn't do terribly last year, but still, on stuff like this, they're very well, Republicans they're more are very good minority. Yeah. Is, is part of the problem, and then we talk about it again and again. They obviously have a much more vast distribution network than we do. Yes, mm-hmm. and a more um, what's the word pet <laughs> hmm. message here for me? Fox News is going to say what they want them to say. Oh yeah, yeah. We and were talking about that the other day. Traditional media just doesn't play that game. Well, and so honestly, it's I that was, much harder. Joan, even MSNBC doesn't play that game. No, MSNBC no. does not coordinate with all of us the way Fox News does with all of them. Oh, MSNBC yeah. does not help boost all of our careers the way it does every one of those morons on the right they, on, with Fox. 
Yep. You know, MSNBC is not our alternative to Fox News. It's a fine network, but it doesn't vaguely do the kind of coordination on the left. It doesn't think it does any coordination on the left versus what Fox Fox is literally part of the right wing noise machine. Yep. MSNBC yeah. is independent and they lean our way, which is nice. <laughs> you know, it's a totally I'm not going to argue thing. any of that. Yeah. But again, not criticizing them because I don't know if they should be, but they really don't go out of their way to help us, <laughs> the individual uh, noisemakers. They didn't do it with the blogs either. No. Really? They can, some of us got on, but not really. You know, no. whatever. It's a very soft. It's still raw for me. It's the Fox News thing, though. It just I just they're very they're so damn they're good at being victims, but they're so damn good at messaging as victims. And now that they're yes. in the minority, they're victims again. They're just so good at that. Well, it's you the know? entire Republican Party. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene today stood up <laughs> and how this related to needing to shut down the House because of the the equality bill, because gay people. Um, she said that she was one of the victims of January 6th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. Is she a victim of like whoever that political ally of hers was? Who oh, right. The one who's been in the news for the last right. 24 hours, being her best buddy and, right. and being one of the insurrectionists I mean, in the We're campaign. half a step, honestly, yeah. from finding out that she was involved. I mean, and we don't have that yet to be clear to people, but one of her close political allies was there. Yeah. What are the chances she didn't know about it? Political yeah. and personal allies. I mean, she's yep. good friends with this guy. So. Who is this? And we're not talking about the tantric sex guy either. We're talking about somebody else. No, no, somebody else. Hey, we all need um, a tantric sex guy in our life. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> God bless her. I don't judge on the tantric sex. She could, she could use a little more tantric sex. And I think to be honest, I think most Republicans could. If it kept her busy so she couldn't vote or like open you know, her mouth. Right. But, uh, Oh, I have to Google this. I didn't know she had, I didn't see the part about her having ties. Yeah, that came out yesterday on CNN. I mean, big surprise so. that Marjorie Taylor Greene's paling around with people who are far-right lunatics. Yeah, you know. Yeah, big I mean, surprise. this is a very close relationship with somebody who is an actual terrorist who showed up. So oh, you know, yeah, do we have the actual definitive, like, she was involved yet? We don't, or at least it's not public. But I, oh. I suspect we're half a step away from that. I think so, yeah. If If this investigation goes forward... And yep. if we'll see, we'll see. Um, I have hey, just a few minutes yes. left, so that's okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's worth getting into the blue slip thing because that's too long. Cliff and I can even talk about that once yeah. you go. But um, anything to just kind of wrap up with for folks, other than do your taxes. Obviously, we learned and that. Do your taxes, you know, call your senators and tell them if you have Democratic senators, you want them to fight for them. If that means overturning the parliamentarian do it so yeah. you know put your calls in um we're okay on the house side but the senate side we're going to need to to keep those people's feet to yeah. the fire don't we mansion and cinema they're going to be yeah. lovely lovely well, I think a big conversation there to be honest you know again sometimes people lose nuance mansion is a tougher one to crack because we have to be realistic that if he votes for the stimulus it looks like he will and other things you know, and I'm we consider Nira Tandon a friend. She's been on this show, but the fact is, is that we're just other than Mansion, we probably will never get a Democrat from West Virginia, um, and right. we have to figure out how we can pressure him, and but also how we have to still we still want a Democrat from West Virginia versus a crazy Republican. Arizona is different. Cinema is stepping out there and doing this stuff. We just elected, you know, Giffords there. We elected a Democratic 
uh, Giffords, um, Kelly, right. uh, Giffords' husband. We recommend we, we elected a Democratic Secretary of State there. Um, you know, we, we're going to be in great shape to, re- to vote uh, to elect a Democratic governor coming up the state, and obviously Obama. Uh, Obama, yeah, right. Biden won the electoral votes. It's trending left, and cinema is trending right while it's trending left. And I think some people need to talk to her and make it clear that we yeah. can primary her and get better than her. Well, and the LGBTQ community has to talk to her, too, because she still is claiming to be part of that community, last I saw. And um, if she's not going to get rid of the filibuster, then the Equality Act is not going to pass. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we just have to remember where we have this kind of – we have less leverage as far as I'm concerned with – you know, with Tester, who frankly has been much better than Cinema, oh, yeah. and, with, and with Manchin, because they're in states where it's tough for Democrats to win as often, right? You know, but but she's Arizona's not, not the same. Yeah. No, it's it's trending well in our direction, and could be could be Colorado in two cycles. You know, so sorry, like she needs to get with it, or or she should be promised a primary. That's how I see it. I'm with you there. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Joan. Um, people can find you on Daily Coast. Uh, what's your Twitter handle? They can look for you there, too. At Joan McCarter. Well, there you go. Joan McCarter. Because I couldn't get at McJoan. Get out. Somebody who's been squatting on at McJoan. So oh, at this point, you know. It's like when people used to do that with the URLs. They're going to charge you now. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. At Joan McCarter. And uh, and then they can find your writings, obviously, over at Daily Coast on the homepage. You should Fancy. follow Joan. She's, she's been writing at, at uh, Daily Coast for 17 years because she doesn't know what she's talking about. Exactly. She's been writing there because she's <laughs> awesome, and that's why I follow her, and I'm sure John does. You should do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I better. God, oh, now, now you got me does. worried. I better follow you on Twitter. <laughs> I know I well, no, we DM each other. We might, I must follow you. <laughs> you DM me. Yes, you follow you got me. me. Well, I, follow. I just checked. I follow. Of course I follow you. God, you got me scared there. All right, Joan, thanks so much for joining us. We will let you know. You are most welcome. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. Well, that was fun. Um, I was thinking, Cliff, we've got, we've been going about 40 minutes, but since, of course, the big vote amongst our listeners was go longer. So we'll go longer. Um, At least one more topic. We could, we could talk a little bit about the Nira Tandon mansion thing. Let's talk about Um, that because... The blue slips thing, there's no specific reason to talk about that. Yeah, right and we've now. talked about it before. Yeah. And, and when it comes up, and it will, because there will be an issue of if it's not a Supreme Court justice, uh, yeah. one of the high courts, there'll be issues around this, and we yeah. can talk more about it. Yeah. Um, so can I, I've got like the tweets in front of me, Nira's and then somebody else's. Can I give the background on this? And then you can absolutely. jump in because you, I was talking to Cliff with this earlier, and he, Cliff being Cliff, of course, knew about this issue for the last several years anyway, because Cliff yeah. knows all. But, I don't know, um, but some things here and so, there. Well, so I, I discovered this morning, at least, I'm reading uh, an article, and I see a tweet from August 27th, 2016, and it's by somebody called Curtis Sittenfeld, who, uh, I don't know, uh, he's got a blue check mark. Do you know who they are? <laughs> Ironically, uh, she is a writer from Cincinnati originally, and has oh, written a few books about... Um, like she wrote a book about Laura Bush's life and she wrote like she's written a few of them. Like it was based on Laura Bush. Anyhow, right. like it's like sort of novels, but based on she's she's a good writer. Go right. Ahead. So she tweets about a New York Times article about Mylan, the name of the company, Mylan, M-Y-L-A-N, CEO, mm-hmm. 
Heather Bresch, and Mylan is the company that bought the EpiPen about 10 plus years ago and quintupled, sextupled, octupled the price of the EpiPen. Initially, it was a 400% increase. Now it's much more. I saw that it was around 57 when they bought it in 2007 or when, uh, when they got it around then. And it's, <laughs> last time I checked, it's like 500 for something like that. So the tweet she sends out, she writes, oh my fucking God, from the Times article about Mylon CEO, Heather Bresch. And the tweet, this is the quote from the article. Ms. Bresch's rising salary has also fueled anger over the EpiPen price increase. Since 2007, when EpiPen was acquired by Mylan, and she was the company's chief operating officer, she earned about $2.5 million in total compensation. In 2015, her compensation was nearly $19 million. Mylan's board is crazy. Mylan's board has said in company filings that it believes her pay is justified because she has contributed significantly to the company's growth in recent years. So Nira tweets out in 2016, the idea that only see that only the CEO contributes to a company's growth and not all employees is really pernicious, right? So that's what Nira says. Now, A, Nira's making a great point. B, Guess what, folks? Like we've told you before, Nira isn't some right-wing lunatic. Nira is actually some left-wing person who yeah, might be she's actually might, quite liberal. You and just, she might be to the left of most of you, to be honest. When you right? hear that from certain yeah. corners, right? Right. So Nira tweets this out, and specifically, Nira is saying this about a tweet about the outrageousness of this woman being responsible for the quintupling of the price of the EpiPen that people need to stop themselves from dying from uh, uh, an allergic, you know, anaphylactic shock. Um, that's what Nira's sin was. Now, Cliff, tell people who Mylan CEO Heather Bresch actually is. She is um, someone known as the daughter of Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Yeah, she's Heather Manchin, or was that's Heather Manchin. Was. Different last so, name throws a lot of people off because yeah. she has the married name now, but she is and yeah. was Heather Manchin. So Nira Tandon chose to take on the woman single-handedly responsible, or not single-handedly now responsible, for the crazy EpiPen increase when the, the milking of people with, with allergies and asthma and other things, right, with the EpiPen that these guys need to stay alive. I've got an EpiPen. Um, and mind you, the EpiPen, like, expires after a year. You pay that much for the damn thing, and after a year, it's expired. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. The EpiPens I've had for you. Before but, we wait, even go into the well, okay, I've got to no, just just the, the no, fine the cherry on the top of this Sunday is that. Do you think this is why Manchin is opposing Nira and bringing down her nomination, claiming, "Oh, she wrote a lot of mean tweets." I got news for you: Manchin isn't upset that Nira Tandon compared uh, uh, Ted Cruz to Voldemort. He's upset that Nira Tandon took on his little EpiPen loving daughter. For making nineteen million a year while she cut off the EpiPen to millions of Americans across the board because because so, her company's too greedy. So that's what's going a on. A couple things here. First of all, it really gets difficult after a while working in this business. <laughs> I, that well, won't shock you. When you see these people who who claim to have these high minded principles and tell everybody else how you know, about the culture of personal responsibility and about how, you know, you shouldn't make emotionally based decisions. You need to make logical, you know, based on economics and this and that and the other stuff. And then they whine and cry and get victimized by one little stupid tweet. I've literally worked with people on stuff that insulted me on, on Twitter in much worse ways than that. 
and I've said things about them. I once, when I worked with the Alliance for Climate Protection, one of the ex-John McCain um, aides was working there. That was Al Gore's group. This was after the 2008 you know, election when I wrote my book on McCain was critical. And this guy had issued a statement for, that McCain put out calling me unstable and a known liar. He may have been 50% right there. I'll leave it up to you. But here's the thing. We worked just fine together. We both laughed about it. It's right. what happened right during these things. And again, that these thin-skinned people who act like they're like these larger-than-life, you know, important people, and somebody says a little mean thing about you and you cry about it? I mean, I'm sorry. Like, it was said about, about what the situation was, you know, uh, responding to a tweet about how ridiculous the pay was. She wasn't insulting, like, your daughter. She wasn't doing Donald Trump stuff and calling your daughter ugly or right. saying your daughter's a criminal or lock her up. She was criticizing what I will say is ludicrous. I mean, again... I'm sorry. I think most people on the show listen to what I have to say here. No, I'm not a socialist. I believe in well-regulated capitalism, but I do believe very much in capitalism. You got to say it, Cliff. But I do. <laughs> but, well, but saying, nobody... If you got to say you're not a socialist, then you obviously are one. Well, I say that because it's an introduction to this. There is a point to me still when in a society when there are people that have nothing, um, that the pay certain people get is fucking absurd. There, it, it, when you and, and that's where to me Nira's tweet was so right on. What did she do that no one else could have done that meant she should go up from making two and a half million a year to nineteen million a year? I mean, it's absurd. I'm fine with her making two and a half million dollars a year. Ben? I don't know. CEOs make millions of dollars, and that's fine. But like, there is a point where it just starts getting gross. Like, what did she do? You know, like if you want to make an argument for me, some you know that that you know some sports star entertainer deserves it yeah because they're a brand and you're going to see their music or them play they're very specific who's the ceo of the company that you're only that you're only buying products from that company because of who the ceo is and you've got their trading card and they're awesome there is none you can fill in almost anybody else with them and you can find a lot of other people who do just as good a job you want to even pay her five million dollars a year i can live with that but 19 million i mean i'm sorry nira had a right to say something about that and so would i because there's a point where it just gets gross when there are people who are starving. That's my feeling. Yep. And then the EpiPen thing, I'm sorry, makes it even more gross. So you're making $19 million and now you're taking away something that is a life-saving necessity for people. You're making it so some can't afford it. Like, come on. I mean, the EpiPen I thing just infuriated me when I saw that. I thought, I, it was, I thought the EpiPen was what's-his-face, that horrible little yes, that little, guy. little douche that uh, went to prison for – But what was his role? Pharma bro. Oh, it, I don't think his was EpiPen. It was actually – his was different. His was an AIDS Okay. Drug. I always thought he was EpiPen guy. Okay. So, I mean um, – but, but I think you know that's where the overall context, I believe, of all this is so important because, again, you still have to breathe, take time and breathe, and you still do have to realize we need Joe Manchin. You want to make Joe Manchin unnecessary? Yes. We've got, we've got, we've got. A, we can knock Russian Ron Johnson, you know, and his commie yeah, talking right. point or right. Kremlin talking points out of Wisconsin in 2022. We have an open seat in Pennsylvania, open seat in Ohio. We may have an open yeah. seat. Looks like Chuck Grassley may not run again. We may have an open right. seat in Iowa. Win some more seats. Make make, uh, you know, Joe Manchin irrelevant. But he yes. is from West Virginia. 
He is from one of the five most pro-Trump states in the country, and we have a Democratic senator from there. You will never get another one. And if you want things like the stimulus and other things to pass, right. you can't just go around and be like, well, fuck Joe Manchin like you see on Twitter. Some people reacting with their emotions like he should switch parties or he should – yeah, and then we'll get nothing. We right. need it. When it you, you have to look at people within the context of what you can do. That's why I brought up cinema too. Totally different story. People right. should be pressuring the hell out of her and letting, letting her know that if she doesn't do the right thing on the filibuster and various other things – Fine. We'll get a real person to run in Arizona who can represent that state right. when she's up for re-election. But in any case, that's everything I have to say in all of it. Yeah. No, no. It's just it's it's just how typical though that that that's what's going on. Just that it's it's personal petty bullshit. You know. I mean, these guys. I will say this: the one thing, and I may write about this at some point too. But what Mansion is doing, gumming everything up, is exactly what Cliff and I have been saying for years that Republican senators had the power to do to Trump. When uh, Flake, of all people, remember? Uh, what's yep. his, what, Jeff Flake, Arizona, right? When Flake used to kind of speak out in his you know, very serious, nice voice about how concerned he was about Trump, but then he'd never do anything to gum up the process. John McCain at least voted against uh, Obamacare repeal once, and it was a truly pivotal vote. So I'm not well, going to... I think it was Mer- was it his and Collins or his and Murkowski, whatever it was, they had yeah yeah they they had fifty one yeah. In this, that, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock that right. So McCain did it. Now he did it once, but at least he did it right. But this is the power you've got when it, a even if you're in the minority, but even if you're or but if you're in the majority as well, if if uh, if you've got a very close vote either because. Like right now, the Senate split 50-50 or just because on this bill, the Senate is split 50-50, you know, that they need your vote desperately. You've got power to muck everything up. And Republicans refuse to muck anything up with Trump. Mind you, they refuse to do it. Remember remember at the beginning? At the beginning, Trump did not have minions. Trump had some deplorables at the beginning, but they weren't well organized, really. I think it took right. a couple of years for for the far right, for Breitbart, all those crazies to really get organized. And and now it's come into fruition. But those first couple of years, they could have stood up to Trump and they didn't. And and that anyway, I just bring it up because this was something that Cliff, you and I've talked about a lot. But it's the perfect example of how Republicans could have, individual senators could have stood up to Trump and gummed things up. Just look at the way Manchin's gumming things up. Yeah, I mean, because most of the time, if I remember correctly. You know, I have to go back and look, but I don't think <clears throat> I don't think they had more than 53 votes, it, you know, and and at various points, 53, 52, you know, like there they just took a couple, right. a couple of these folks with any courage whatsoever could have stopped everything. Yep. And that's really so frustrating that you're right. They did on Obama, the repeal of Obamacare, which was awesome. And, and frankly, it, it was give McCain and I think Murkowski credit because that was I mean, that was a huge vote. If they had, if they had yeah. undone the ACA. Our healthcare market would be completely in frickin' it would be chaos right now. Um, and so, you know, that was a big deal, but they didn't do that nearly enough, is yep. what I would say. Pulling up the article just to see three GOP senators rebelled. John McCain, Susan Collins, and Murkowski. Oh, Collins okay. Too. Okay, Collins, okay, what Collins do you know? Too. What do you know? Yeah, no, because you know I what? Think, if we didn't have her, we would have lost. So I think they had 52, you know, they had the presidency, so they had the vice president to break votes, and yeah. they had 52 uh, Republican senators. So they had just, we got just enough that it fell to 49, and they could not break the tie with Pence. That's interesting. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, but in any case, it's an example of what you can do. So, you know, um, 
I don't know what else. I mean, again, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you guys short, but I, Joan was our sort of big discussion, but we knew Joan could only come for half an hour because she is a very busy lady. Well, um, she's got important stuff to, to talk important about. Stuff after 17 years, she's right. just start to not show up. Um, exactly. I love um, this. You know, the Republican alternative on the minimum wage is $10 an hour. This is something we like, I'll just mention quickly. And of course, yeah. the irony is like Susan Collins, who we just said something nice about. So we give it and we take it away. Um, yeah. Shelley Moore Capito, also West Virginia, like Manchin, and Rob Portman, dickhead from Ohio, who I loathe, uh, who pretends to be moderate and is terrible in everything, yeah. sign on to a $10 an hour minimum wage in 2020. First of all, in 2026, you'll get your 10 bucks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, for 2026? <laughs> yes. It, it, it'll go. <laughs> It'll just it'll get up there by twenty twenty. I mean, so right oh, away, God. utterly ludicrous, right? Oh, um, it, it, but the point that uh, I follow this guy is good. Steve Dennis on Twitter. He's a Bloomberg Senate reporter. Good dude. Right. The, what he points out here, of course, is the minimum wage today is twelve dollars and fifteen cents in Maine, eight dollars and seventy five cents in West Virginia, and eight dollars and eighty cents in Ohio. So they they literally are all supporting something that is at the same or lower than what the minimum wages are today in their states. Right. right. It's just stupid. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sorry. There are real counter proposals and offers out there that I brought up, I think, in our last podcast. Mitt Romney came forth with one on child care that I think it, it's not what I want. I think he wants to substitute the uh, larger child care tax credit for the earned income tax credit. I would do both. Um, but at least he's doing what Republicans back when they used to believe in governing did. They used the more – call it the more market-based tax incentive approach to try to support good policy, in this case, childcare. doesn't mean I agree with him, and it doesn't mean I think his is nearly enough. But it's a legit sort of good-faith attempt where something could come out of it. Right. This $10 minimum wage is not. It's a fucking joke. If they'd said $12 – Maybe or twelve dollars and fifty cents or something that's not fifteen, and they'd said right away, maybe that's something we listen to, right? But Costco just you know who were testifying about this today right. when Lindsey Graham tried to throw out some stuff about how, the, how terrible the minimum wage was, Lindsey Graham literally had it thrown back in his face unexpectedly by the CEO of Costco, who was like, "Oh, by the way, we're raising our minimum wage to sixteen dollars for everybody next week." <laughs> right, not I that mean, bad. Yeah. Right. I don't think, and, and I'm even open to the argument that it doesn't have to be the same in every state because we brought up cost of living is different. There's some places where it's right. needed, a higher one is needed. But the point is, is that $10 is good enough nowhere. And $10 in 2026 yeah. is good enough less than yeah. nowhere. It's just, a, uh, it's, you know, it's terrible. What's, right? it's what's weird too. Do you, re I mean, okay, I'm a little older than you, but do you remember what the minimum wage was when we were kids? Not, okay. not much lower. I was a probably. kid making minimum wage in the 1970s. And I was getting paid three and a quarter, I seem to recall. Now, this is the 1970s. It's like 40 years ago or 45 right. years, 40 years ago. And we've gone up from how much is the minimum wage now? It's like seven and change, I believe. I we, haven't raised it, we, we haven't raised it in 20 years. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Hold on. What is like, the, I think, I think it's seven is. and change. I'm pretty sure of it, but go that's look. What, that's what I was thinking. Seven, seven twenty-five an hour. Yeah. It's basically a little more than doubled in 40 years. Excuse me. Doubling almost makes it sound too much. It's gone up $4 in 40 years. 
That's and, insane. And we know John, John Thune threw out some stupid thing. He was like, well, I used to make only $5 an hour or whatever, you know, or whatever it was. When I worked at this, this, you know, this restaurant in South Dakota in 1978 or 79, and somebody, it may have been our friend Kevin Cruz, friend right. of the show and historian, was like, did, put, did, just put a, a screenshot of of, uh, of the, the financial calculators that yeah. update what money was worth then and now. Yeah, the $5 an hour he was making then is now worth $21 right. an hour. Right. And that says it all. Like, right. they just... Actually, and I just, you know what? I just found it was it was three thirty five in January of nineteen eighty one. So that's probably what I was thinking about because that would have been my last year of, of college, my last year of high school. No, if we so, kept, so that kept makes up sense. Where it was yeah. up through before the Reagan years, which every where every economic yeah. thing starts to go south for you know in terms of anybody being able to live a middle class lifestyle. Um, you'll you I think now the the I know this for a fact it would be north of twenty. It might be more yeah. like 22, 23. And we're just asking here for 15. And these guys are it's talking really, about $10 in 2026. Yeah. It's really, mind you, can I just say too, it always goes up under Democrats. So it went up in 1978, 1979, 1980, Jimmy Carter, right? Uh, right. January of 81, but January of 81 would have been just before Reagan took over. So it was the last Democratic increase. Okay. Then, of course, you know, nothing for that period of time. Um, the. It went up again, April 1st of 1990. Okay, that's George Bush. Good. April 1st, 1991. I think that um, was that big uh, bill they all agreed oh, on. Oh, that Bush sure. agreed to that pissed everybody off. The, the right, tax, well, because he raised taxes. Right. I think right. it's that. Yeah. Right. But then you got 1996, 1997, right? So, you know, a lot of it is Democrats, but, I mean, increasing it. But I just blows you know what my else mind that's gone up it's, that little it's also a um it's hmm. also a roadmap as so many issues are if you watch stuff like what you just did you map out when they hmm. changed to how the republican party radicalized because hmm. they used to actually it was always led by democratic presidents you are 100 percent correct or at least in right. recent years in the last 50 years by democratic presidents right. but republicans you always would get a sizable chunk of republicans right. moderate new england new york West Coast, you know, Chicago or, or Illinois type Republicans voting for right. it. You usually would see at least a quarter to a third of their caucus signing on. And now it's like one, now it's literally like one fifteenth. Like if you get right. like, you know, two senators who are willing to do it or whatever, if you get like a couple House members, I mean, they've radicalized. So it has to be now with all Democratic votes. They're just so bad. Yep. They're just so bad. I mean, still better than Trump, but they're just so bad. Whatever. I, I'm at least glad that Biden's at the point where he's he's, you know, realized that, oh, well, if the Republicans aren't going to come board on board, then he's right. just going to do it with Democrats. Good. The policy is the most important thing. You would love yeah. to have Republican votes. You want it as much legitimacy as possible. You've already gotten it by the majority of Republicans, 60 percent of them around the country supporting it. Mayors, as we Bingo. talked about with Joan, if you can get a couple in the sign on, wonderful. If you can't, the policy comes first. Well, it's you know very what? Partisan with everybody except for people sitting in Washington. I was just going to say, and Cliff, when it comes down to it, you don't even policy should come first anyway. But you don't even need to argue that policy comes first because, as you just actually wrote about this on my cyber disobedience page uh, site, I was I was I, I sort of strung you to the argument saying that that you are still being bipartisan if you propose policies that the majority of Americans support. Right? Oh. If 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 you've first of all. First of all, 
the word bipartisan, if we pretend like you've got it, first of all, okay, A, it's Republicans. It's not Republicans in Congress. Who the hell cares what Republicans in Congress think? They don't represent all Republicans. No. And we know they don't. They also don't represent 50% of Americans, right? Because you've got a lot of independents in the middle. That's the other issue, right? But also look at the Senate. We've talked about this before, that the... I don't know the numbers. I don't know if you remember the numbers, but of how many votes Democrats in the Senate represented, how many votes Republicans in the uh, Senate it represented. Was like, it was not just seven figures more. It was eight figures more. It's something like 17 or 20 million more Americans. It's a really large Voting number. for Democrats in the Senate than Republicans, yep. right? So, so now you start going, well, does bipartisan mean we have to have equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans or – or if you want to say equal, equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans nationwide, not equal. It's never going to be equal because Democrats are always going to be 90 percent support. But but significant Republican support of actual Republicans around the country. And here's the problem with the word bipartisan. You're forgetting independence. They don't count. Right. Right. So what if we've got majority support of independence? Oh, well, they're not Republicans. So that doesn't count as bipartisan. Why not? The idea is you've reached beyond your own party. To try That's to do correct. something. And, and we've got to redefine this, but we've got to redefine it as of reaching out to Republicans does not mean reaching out in Congress. It means trying to find proposals that the majority of Americans can rally around. And that right, Obama, and Obamacare was say, bipartisan. Say the majority of Republicans, or at least a sizable yeah. minority, 30, 40% of them. Yeah. And here again, 60% of them support this. That's, yeah. the, that's not just a majority, that is a strong majority. And that's of Republicans. Yes. See, oh, that's yeah. huge. Democrats, like 90%. That's huge, that's huge if that's Republicans. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the last poll I saw. And yeah. There's probably others showing, you know, I, all the ones so far have shown, uh, yeah. you know, north of 50%. And I, I don't think I saw one with less than 57%. It's a majority. See, that's so. great. That's great. But it does. It also, I mean, it's, and it's not really something that should be that hard to explain because I'm sure the media will do its own. Well, that doesn't count because you're not reaching out to Republicans in Congress. And you say, well, wait a minute. If, if, Let's pretend 90% of Republicans like this legislation around the country. But if every Republican in Congress decides to be a dick and vote against it because they're hurting Biden, you're going to say what? That we, we, we aren't proposing something bipartisan because they're being dicks? It's sort, of like it's sort of like their votes on Neera Tanda. They're not voting on whether Neera's qualified. They're voting because they don't. she's a woman person of color who insulted the guy's daughter. That's why they're we voting said, on this. Right. We said some things that were so-called, were oh. supposedly mean, that weren't even on the same sort of, you know, on the same plane as the, the nasty kind of shit that Rick Grinnell said before, of course, they all voted oh for him. Oh, my God. I wasn't even thinking of him. His I was whole life was as right. a Twitter troll, and Joe right. Manchin, and you know, and and uh, Susan Collins, and all of them voted voted for him. Oh, this is this is funny. I just happened. I was looking for the quote of Nira Tandon with Voldemort, yeah. and <laughs> U.S. U.S. Ma Us Magazine reports in 2016, Megyn Kelly to Ted Cruz. You seem to be treating Donald Trump like Voldemort. You should use that out there. Be like, wow, Megyn Kelly. Yeah, yeah. So and she's true. denying it. But now she's, she sees, she's she then denied it afterwards. Uh, well, you know, you were joking just before we went on the air. Oh, oh, the cruise goes. So Cruz then says, you were joking just before we went on the air that it was sort of like Voldemort, he who must not be named. Uh, referring to, said Kelly referenced it while the two spoke. Kelly actually asked Cruz, oh, Fox, oh, I see. She, they're claiming that she compared him to Voldemort, and she later said, no, I said you were treating Trump like Voldemort. Yeah, sure, sure, Megan. 
Sure. Sure, Jan. All right, well, yeah. this co-host has to go because I've got a All son right. to take to a soccer uh, Ooh, clinic to work exciting. out. Exciting, a clinic. Out, well, outdoors. You know, he's got a, a coach that, that trains a bunch of them. It's kind of cool. All right. All right. Um, well, this is good. So today's Thursday. So as always, see you guys next week. We are working on more guests. Uh, we've got at least one. Well, we'll, fi- we'll find out. Yeah, we'll I've got one book for next week. Next week so. Yep. So, all right, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. And now a word from our sponsors. Vaccinations for COVID-19 are well underway. Unfortunately, at the very time there's light at the end of the tunnel, infection rates and hospitalizations are at all-time highs across the country, though they're dropping lately, I will say. They are starting to drop, but but we're not going to be over with this for a while. Uh, while we're yeah. nearing the finish line for this brutal pandemic, getting there means staying safe. For the foreseeable future, only respirator face masks provide real protection from transmission. Unfortunately, the huge demand and limited supply of respirators means we are flooded with fakes and counterfeits that do almost nothing. Right now, the new deal shop.com has FDA authorized KN95 respirator masks with anti-fraud labeling on every single package that can be verified right on the manufacturer's website. They're tested in the U.S. by the NPPTL and provide the most significant level of protection. These respirator masks are in stock in the U.S. and ship immediately for free. Go to the newdealshop.com and get verified, authenticated, FDA authorized KN95 masks shipped immediately to your home or business. That's the newdealshop.com, the newdealshop.com.